my wayward son there'll be peace when you are done murdering every single person between you and the exit folks we're back and coming at you live from the gem city dayton ohio welcome to spooky mechanics the only podcast about blubbering blobs and titillating tentacles i'm your co-host roman butel and joining me as always is spike bones greetings gamer i see you did someone spike your coffee this morning <laughs> i'm trying to new like maybe try to be like a shock jock type of thing <laughs> <laughs> what how, how what do you how do you think it's playing it's good. <laughs> I like my, my. Do you like how the confidence crumbles the second there's any scrutiny? Yes. Yeah. It, it's a good. It's a good character. I like it. Okay. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about Carry On. But before we even get into that, something exciting. We have a live gamer drop. I don't yeah, have like you, a voice change or anything. Behind the scenes, if you want to know, we're recording this literally minutes after the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City official trailer just dropped. Yeah, and so, you know, I don't know if uh, we've talked about this. I don't know if people know this. Uh, you are a big Resident Evil fan, Spikle. Yep. Uh, I grew up on Resident Evil, and, uh, you know, after thinking about yeah, it we know, this, we know, we know. this last year, <laughs> there's no doubt that that has cur- like definitely shaped me. So, for sure, excited for some movie, more movie madness. Well, let's get into it. Why don't you count us down? All right. We're going to watch this trailer on go in three, two, one. Go. Come on. Come on. Okay. Okay. So I, I got to be honest, with, uh, when those first photos went around of the, the crew, or the cast rather, I didn't hate the costumes. No, I thought the the, uh, the cast looks pretty good. And honestly, this trailer doesn't leave me with much... Um, Why are you back here, Claire? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't really have like either like excitement or uh, concern after seeing this. Here. It looks like, I like it takes I always a forget lot this more from the game. She was in Crawl. I'm afraid of what they're going to do. And she was great in Crawl. You see, Umbrella, they have an incident. I'm talking to you. What did you say? Sorry, I was talking to. Oh, um, yeah, it looks like they took a lot more from the games. Like the RPD front foyer looks exactly like it does in the game. Like, look at that. Right. Oh, wait till you see the mansion foyer. Like, it, this, this is definitely going to be like a, a movie for people who enjoy the games, I think. So they're doing. Wait, I thought it was a show. Is it a movie? This oh yeah, it's set in theaters. So are they also, doing like I the mansion and yeah, right. What's going on? The um the best that I could gather is it seems like the script has been flipped and Claire is somehow aware that Umbrella is up to no good and her, convinces her brother to investigate it. It seems like Resident Evil Two is like happening at the same time as the uh, the mansion incident rather than like this happens first and then the city falls it seems like it's all happening simultaneously yeah this is a decent cast yeah oh she, i wish she would have screamed what's going on <laughs> she opened like, her mouth to yell right there this shot of the zombie is oh yeah straight that's out classic. of the game yeah she tasty is straight out of one of the documents from the first game i my my first immediate concern though is how long is this movie supposed to be? Right. If it's a ninety minute movie, it has a lot of material that it's got a cramp that dog looks really bad to too. that duration. But yeah. it's like a I mean, I would accept the three hour movie when you're trying to take two games of source material and squeeze it into one. Although, like I said, it seems like there's definitely like a remix of the events. Wait, that comes out this year? <laughs> that comes out in November, yes. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know why I just thought that like that was way farther off in the future than next month. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible that those uh, those cast photos came from like screen grabs of the edit. So Probably, um, yeah. Rather than like someone, you know, behind the scenes snapping pictures of them while they were shooting. Um oh, right. like those those images also looked like they had uh, a lot of like really good light done uh like it, it just seemed more like this was what we'd expect from the shot in the film versus like someone with a camera on the set right. i have seen like a lot of comments kind of concerned about what they're going to do with this movie 
And my best prediction is that, like, again, Claire knows what's going on somehow, um, convinces Chris to investigate it, and the events of Raccoon City falling and uh, the mansion incident occur at the same time uh, rather than one leading to the next. So I'm curious to see how the movie handles the source material for a 90-minute, two-hour movie. Hopefully it doesn't try to like rush it and screw up the pacing because you could easily take both of those games and make single films out of either of them. Um, so at all at this point, like the trailer has some really cool moments that are Easter eggs tied to the games. If you're a fan of resident evil, you'll notice things in it and it's cool. Um, but like, who's to say how the movie is going to fare? I mean, I hope it's a great movie. Uh, or it's like a absolute horrible movie that's really fun to watch. Either of those I'd be happy with. Yeah, I mean, it looks good. Obviously, there's money behind it. It, I don't know. Part of me does worry that maybe it looks a little boring outside of like the big like bombastic action we'll get. What I mean by boring is like, uh, say what you will about those that other series by uh, it's it's Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Yes, I yeah, and, and Mia, Mia Jovovich is Alice. Yes, you know, I haven't seen all of those, but at least they're like bonkers, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we're, that, we're definitely that, going to sit down and watch those together at some point, oh, but they yeah. are, they are absolutely bonkers. If, if I'm being honest, I think I'll love them. Like, I think I might unironically love those movies. We'll see. Well, that's why I said that, you know, if this movie turns out to be like like incredibly well made and also does like the games justice and I'll love that. But then if they also turn out to be, or if this movie also turns out to be like just equally bad and abs batshit insane, but it's a fun movie to watch, then I'm also here for that. Cause like honestly, like when you break down resident evil, it is bonkers. Um, but the, I think the one thing that Paul, um, Paul Anderson never managed to pull off with his adaption of resident evil was just like the, 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 the atmosphere and the feel, the vibe that you get from those games. Like even when you're wandering around the city in resident evil three, there's just a whole different atmosphere that like, uh, it's, it's unique to itself that, you know, other B B movie stuff is like, not as like. It doesn't. It doesn't hit the same note. We did the thing that people do as a joke, but we did it completely sincere. Paul Thomas Anderson is the other one. He's the one that makes like the art house movies. <laughs> okay, so is it Paul W S Anderson? Because like again, there's I two, think that might be it. There's two Paul Andersons, and I always just say Paul Anderson and hope that people understand which one I'm talking about. Because there's a Paul Anderson that makes good movies, and then there's a Paul Anderson that makes like. Eh. Well, you know what? I I do feel the need. Let me make sure I got my facts right here since we've already kind of, you know, screwed the pooch here. But I recently watched Event Horizon. Yep. Event Horizon is Paul W.S. Anderson and Event Horizon kicks ass. Have you seen that? Event Horizon is a movie I I watched like more than 10 years ago, but I do know like it has a uh, a status to it. It is like one of those like diamond in the roughs as far as like Paul's Paul Anderson's body of work where yeah it's cool it's really cool but then like you go and watch resident evil expecting resident evil and you're like oh what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> no i totally understand that i could totally see if you like actually want a, a good adaptation like a, a, a relatively faithful adaptation that still obviously has its own creative sense of self that those movies wouldn't be good for you as someone who uh knows that i'm not going to get that and is also fine with it i just think i could maybe have a really good time but i guess we'll find out because we should definitely do that Yeah, I mean, from watching this trailer, there's one central question I have, and that is, what's going on? What's going on? Well, let's get back to talking about the video game we came here to talk about today, and that is Carry On. Carry On is a horror title by Phobia Game Studio. It's another one from our friends in Poland, and published by Devolver. And before we even get into the specifics of this game, Michael, what are your broad strokes opinions? The broad stroke opinion for this game. Oof. I think this is like uh, looking at just like the cover art for this game. I'm already like intrigued because there there are a bunch of horror games out there and retro games where, you know, there, there is uh, some monster, some big thing. So immediately turning the tables and you play as the big monster, the thing 
um, sounds immediately cool. Like that, that just is immediately exciting to me. Right. It is a, uh, like relatively short game. Like it, you could probably beat it in three to four hours. And with that, I think it is a fun game in that period of time. I don't feel like it mm-hmm. overstayed its welcome. It was engaging. I played it in a few little chunks and had a good time. Yeah, I would say I mostly also had a good time, but I also think people are going to start to think I don't actually like horror games <laughs> because <laughs> this is another one that has left me a little lukewarm. Uh, I feel like maybe I'm in a little bit of a rut. Uh, but before, I, I don't want to jump ahead. There is a lot to praise about this game, and it does a whole heck of a lot well. So let's dive right into the suite. All right, folks, here's your first and only friendly warning that spoilers are ahead. If you don't want to know your plot beats, characters, user experience, the buzz of the biz, and of course the mechanics, then we recommend playing the game how you'd like. But otherwise, let's jump in. Carry On calls itself a reverse horror game, and what that basically means is you play as the monster. And that's pretty accurate. <laughs> and uh, you're basically the thing. There's a, I've seen a lot of people compare this to the thing, and I think that's pretty accurate. And you're trying to escape from a well-funded underground lab. And I think that conceit works extremely well. It is definitely a unique approach to this kind of game. Yeah, it, I think one of the nice things about it is it really just uh, it just starts. There's no big yep. bombastic <laughs> intro, and you really just break out of a test tube and you go. Um, yes. So the moment you sit down, you're into the game. You can grow in size, and you get new abilities for each of your like three sizes. So you can be small and agile, or really large and cumbersome, depending on how much biomass you consume, which is eating people. And as a small little guy, you can. You're, you're really quick and you can be invisible, but as a Chungus, you are basically just a massive battering ram. Yeah, you essentially turn into the blob by the time you get yeah. all the, the main abilities. And uh, and with that, too, I thought that like those abilities between those three different biomass uh, levels were kind of interesting. Uh, they're pretty fun to play around with and experiment with when you're, you know, uh, uh, set up against a room like a puzzle. Um, cause sometimes guards will have shields. There'll be automated defenses. There'll be people with guns, flamethrowers, you, whatever. Um, so you have to find a way around that. And there's a lot of abilities to choose from to, uh, find your way through that. But then also like, like you said, being small and agile versus being big and cumbersome. I was kind of surprised by how like smooth the movement felt at the beginning. And then it just kind of got big and chunky later. Yeah. And the transition between like smooth and agile to chunky, um, I thought was pretty well done. Like there, there were moments yeah. where I had difficulty um, like being as agile and squeezing through things. Um, it's very funny uh, to pack the, the entirety of my of myself, the monster into an elevator and then send it up. And then like half of myself uh, has to teleport because it just didn't fit. Yeah. Um, but overall, the the movement controls feel really good, and uh, it's just it's just kind of really fun to like whip yourself around and and be this uh, this blobbing terror that everybody is trying to protect themselves <laughs> from, but really can't. Right. Yeah. The movement feels imprecise, but not in an unpleasant way. Like, I feel like an alien, you know? I shouldn't know exactly what it feels like to be this thing. The central core of one of the things I think that makes the game fun, because on its surface, it looks like a, a Metroid game with its level design and art style, but then you're just, like, whipping around the place and yeah. um, use, it, use your tentacles to, like, grab and fling things all over the place. Um, so it's it's very chaotic at, at, at its best. Right. And, and in the late game, you get a power that lets you take control of humans, and that's awesome. Yeah, parasitism is really fun. I think it might be my favorite ability. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's so fun. Hiding out in in like a air vent or something and then taking control of somebody and then going into the other room and just blasting everybody. So I just started blasting, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, that's where on, on its face like oh yeah it's like the thing well you play as a big blob monster it's more like the blob right well once you get parasitism it is the thing it, it genuinely the becomes thing the thing 
and uh, <laughs> you're doing your best to try to take control of somebody's mind without being seen so that you can then run around unnoticed and then catch them all off guard when their buddy starts shooting them. Uh, late Later in the game, the parasitism ability uh, evolves to the point where you can just form yourself into the shape of a human and uh, walk walk out of the place. That's literally the end of the game, and I thought that was right. in, like that was awesome. Uh, like right there, like okay, I'm a human now. Let me scan my hand, and oh yeah, it says I'm a human. Let me just walk out, and who knows what will happen to the world? But you know that um, that monster, it, just like they said in the thing, will eventually take over all of the biomass on Earth. Yeah, let's talk about that story beat because the, the the narrative in this game is pretty light, uh, but not in about I mean, that's not a complaint itself. Uh, I think it's like the perfect amount. You you know what you have to do. You have to escape, and as you play, you get a sense firsthand of just how dangerous you are. And then there are these flashback sequences where you have to play as a human. And at first, you don't really know why you're doing it. It feels like maybe they're just if, if it, it's a little bit of a tutorial, I think, for the human controls, because the first one you do is before you have that ability to play as a human. And um, those moments aren't bad, but they're slow. They do kind of bring the game to a halt. But at the end of the final one, you're still playing as the same human, but you are trying to leave the the grounds of this facility. And on your way out, you essentially get caught by a drone. And you're like, what's going on? Like, why is this drone following me? And then everyone opens fire on you. And I I've per- thought it was a game over, but as you're dying, you become the blob thing. So it's like you're essentially, it's your flashback. You were trying to escape, but it's clever because then you're playing the last leg of the game going like, but how did it look human? <laughs> like, how did it get to that? How did I do that? And then you finally see it at the end and you escape. And it's a, it's a win for you as the player, obviously. But when you think of the ramifications, it's kind of chilling. You're like, oh, I don't know if I, I feel like I should have maybe not done this. <laughs> Yes, you the player, a real human being, probably, allegedly, um, just helped this virtual digital monster escape the bunker, and it's going to go on to terrorize the rest of the planet, no doubt. So yeah. it, it, it is a, an interesting reversal of that doomsday apocalypse uh, vibe that you get at you know in movies like the thing where you know if this gets out it's the end of the world no doubt and in this case you 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 helped it out (laughs) yeah (laughs) you got out yeah uh and you've talked about the art design a little bit um this game is pixel art might be my favorite pixel art game i've played ever really nice it looks super good and it's super grimy yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of blood when when you uh go through a room filled with uh, people in it um, is that that room gets painted red. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then regardless of that though, the, the level design and, and the art with it, each area has somewhat of a unique uh, look to it. Like the, like I can distinctly remember the botanical gardens, the, yeah, lush, the water, like anytime you're, sw- Ugh. Yeah, the, the the water, the the the, the green the plants, the foliage, and then you go to a place like the nuclear power plant, and it's you know very industrial. You've got all this machinery and and um, air vents and a lot of gray and and gunmetal color. So, um, moving from one location to the next has a very distinct difference to it. And then it was also very nice that the game had like this hub world that you could move around in. Um, so that, you know, backtracking for collectibles or something was actually quite easy. Um, and then when you're trying to think like, okay, do I have everything from this level? Um, that art style is apparent and you can more easily picture like, okay, I need to go to this mm-hmm. spot and that's what it looks like in your head. And, um, even if you don't know the full layout of the hub world or the levels, um, it, is a, it works well enough between art style and level design to kind of guide you through and eventually you'll find what you're looking for right. without, without too much time. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about puzzles. There's a lot of decent puzzles in this game. I would say it's equal parts puzzles and combat. And uh, in my opinion, I thought the best puzzles in this game 
were the ones where I didn't feel like I was solving anything. <laughs> like I was just running around being a little agent of chaos and like pulling levers, murdering lab coats. And the next thing I knew I'd unlocked the door to the maze. <laughs> yeah. Like it feels like th- this game is designed in such a way where you can really just play with sort of like an animalistic mindset where you're this creature and you're just going around and like, you don't even understand exactly what it's doing. Cause you're just, killing and opening doors and pulling levers because that's what you can do in any given room and then all of a sudden you realize you were in a maze and you got yourself out this game like does that so well i think yeah because you can you can really approach any set of rooms uh whether like sometimes there's no one around and you're just trying to figure out how to open a door but um those puzzles are like really small and self like self-contained some of them kind of go a little bit more broad but I don't mm-hmm. think that there's a way that you can really get stuck and not know which way to go. And if you do get stuck and backtrack, the thing that you're looking for isn't very far away. And then there are rooms with a lot of people in them. I, I kind of like approach those like a puzzle because um, the the humans will get flamethrowers and shields and automated security forces to to help them out. And very quickly, you can go from a giant blob to having one HP left and, you know, on the run so the amount of different ways you can approach that is really interesting um using parasitism and kind of going in stealthily and 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 taking your time or just be the big hulking blob and burst in and crush everything as you go through <laughs> right chaotically <laughs> um but then at the end of that 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 moment um usually there is something that like a path that will open and and present itself to you um so like pro- progressing in this game i think one of the reasons why it is so short and it doesn't feel like it overstays its welcome is it doesn't necessarily hold your hand through the entirety of its duration right but it is cleverly designed in a way that it, it's kind of hard to get stuck definitely absolutely because the game is linear by design so if you get stuck it usually just means you know you missed something and you got to go back and grab it or activate it whatever it might be and, and we talked about this game being kind of short mm-hmm. and I think that the runtime is appropriate. Like I agree having like three or four hours of game time. And then uh, there's also like a free DLC for, for Christmas themed stuff, which is, yes. which I played and was quite, quite fun. Um, I have decided to wait until December, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but fantastic. I am going to play it for sure. I did play it. It lasts, lasts maybe about an hour, maybe 90 minutes. Um, but like that, that runtime I think is great because this game has a like very lovable premise like immediately out of the right. gate uh being the the horror monster is uh, a fun idea and they present a lot of interesting ideas with the abilities that you have and the, the way that you get those abilities by solving some puzzles um and the extra abilities by solving a little bit more uh involved puzzles um but the game at, at best is maybe five hours long and at no point does it feel like it overstayed its welcome to me. It was engaging and interesting all the way throughout. And I feel like if we had tried to make a 10 hour game or, you know, greater then it would have probably had a little bit of difficulty standing on its own two legs underneath that weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that this being a shorter game is a fantastic thing, a, a really good short game. Um, something that you can easily play over the weekend, something that doesn't require a whole lot of like investment. And especially since a lot of games these days, um, like you think of like multiplayer games have this, uh, kind of mentality around them that you only play this game because you need to get your blood points and all your, your, your cryptocurrencies. Well, this game, you know, you, 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 you just jump in and play. Blood point is the new NFT. Yes. Uh, but like you could just jump in, have some quick fun, and, uh, you know, before you know it, you, you might be done, and it leaves you wanting more. But I'd argue that, you know, being left with wanting more um, is a lot more preferable than having a game. It's like, well, it was fun for the first few hours, and then I got bored, and I finished it out of spite or I, I dropped it. So, um, this game being, you know, as short as it is, um, I think is totally fine. And honestly, I think that we need more games of that quality at that length, uh, versus games that are designed to just be the game that you play for the rest of your life. Yes, I agree. I do have a question for you. 
Yes. The Christmas DLC, is it a just like alternate scenario? Is it a sequel? It is an entirely new scenario. And okay. you start with all of the abilities that you had at the end of the main game, or at least I did. So um, I got all nine containment units. So I also had the extra bonus abilities with what are that. Those? I didn't get those. Um, those are, you get some resistance to fire. So you kind of have like a bit of a shield. Oh. Uh, oh, that sounds so nice. <laughs> you, you, you get extra prehensile tentacles that you can use. So eventually, I think you get three. So you can pick up three different things and I swing did have around. Three tentacles. Yes, I did have that by the end. And then, uh, in, in most cases, it is just like a boost to your your health or your defense. Um, okay. So there isn't a whole lot to like write home about with the containment units, but they do provide some like interesting challenges for the game where um you, you you'll definitely need to backtrack a little bit more than you would playing the game without them because um like for instance like the botanical gardens um there there's one in there where you need the keratosis ability which gives you a shield um yes there are these harpoons that uh fire out and when you if you get stuck with a harpoon it explodes and it's an instant kill they're the most annoying things in the world. Unless you have that keratosis ability. I wanted to mention some of these are like story required. Like you have to get that keratosis ability to continue with the narrative. Yeah, it, it plays very much like Metroid on a like a, a bit more of a light, lighter scale um, where you, you'll, you'll definitely always get the, uh, you know, this this beam or the missiles or the super missiles. Right. But, um, the missile upgrades for how many you can carry are totally optional. Same thing here. The the containment units are optional. They're really easy to get because by the time that you get to the end of the game, it uh, it, it very proudly says like, hey, you've, you've made it to the end. And if you want to go back and get this stuff, then you can. There's a whole room dedicated to the kind of progress and uh, chaos that you've sown throughout the previous levels that shows you've completed or not completed everything. And it really serves as a, a final, like, hey, if you want to get this, go get it now, um, you know, for your achievements or for your sense of completion or just, you know, to see more content in the game. And then from there to the end, it's, it's a pretty short run. Um, but uh, those those abilities were they, they did have like fun puzzles surrounding them that sometimes required abilities from later in the game that you'd have to backtrack to. But as I said before. That overworld, the, the 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 frontier hub world, is kind of easy to navigate. There are doors mm -hmm. that shut behind you sometimes, but I, I I found out that thankfully there's nothing that really shuts behind you that you do not need to go back for. Like everything is collectible at the very end of the game, and you you only miss out if you want to. Um, so the backtracking is totally up to you, which is fantastic. Okay. Well, on that note, let's transition into the sour. Folks, welcome to the sour. We talk about the things we didn't like or love so much about Carrion. I should say, before we even get started, everything I'm going to say in here, I think, uh, needs a little bit of context. So I've had my uh, many bulbous eyes on Carrion since it launched last fall. I've been, I know you have as well, Michael. You, you and I remember talking about this game a year ago. Uh and so I bought this game back in January and I decided to wait until like this spooky season to play it even before we'd plan spooky mechanics. So this was like an event for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I had my sight set sky high uh, and, and I was really looking forward to this and I really, really thought I was going to absolutely love this game and I did not quite love it. But I want to mention this because some of this is not fair to the game, right? Like it, it, it's a... There's a balance where, like, obviously, we shouldn't fault people for being excited about stuff. Like, it's not my fault I was excited for this game, right? But I think I also had built it up in my head into something bigger than it was going to be, maybe. Or or just different experience, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to mention that because in case, you know, you maybe disagree with some of the stuff I say or it wasn't as big of a deal to you, that's kind of where I'm coming at this from. Does that make sense? You're going to kick off a sour for us, then? With some, with some hot takes? And that's the thing, and they might not even be hot takes. I don't know. Maybe I'm tuning my own head about it. We'll talk. We'll work through this. Yes. <laughs> so, the first thing uh, was I did mention earlier that this game is linear, and it it you know if you miss something, it's really not that big a deal. You know what I mean? Because you you'll eventually know, and you'll go back and get it. Um, that's that does get kind of old after about time number fifty for me. <laughs> uh, everything just kind of blends together. 
uh, in the environment. And it sometimes was a little hard for me to tell where to go. Yeah, I would concede there are a few areas where I'd like look at a larger room and um, there are platforms in the center of the room that didn't really appear like that was an object that I would um, bash into versus pass through. Mm-hmm. Um, what is foreground and background might be a little bit uh, difficult to discern at times. Um, and there are probably a few areas that use, um, I guess, less than inspired art uh, behind it. Cause I, I don't know, like it, it's pixel art and um, short of like just changing up the palette, it goes for a little bit more of a realistic approach. And, and sometimes I think that those um, more realistic options tend to be a little bit harder to visually discern. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I think you're right, because a lot of times it was like the, the two ones that I could think that would always get me was when you were supposed to go into a door and I could not tell it was an item I could interact with. And before the flashback sequences, because before every flashback sequence, you have to go into this like, I don't actually know exactly what it's supposed to be. It seems to be electrical. It's like an electrical duct. It's like a big computer thing. Yeah. Some, some big thing. Big. It's a big thing. Is the thing. (laughs) See, what you need to know is it's a big thing, (laughs) but I just couldn't tell I could interact with it. So I would swim past it. And and I I do appreciate the game stopping me at a point, because at a certain point, you just could not progress until you interacted with that thing. But still, I was like, what what am I supposed to be doing here? And I'll just be like swimming around trying to find where to go. Right. And I I think that I got lucky with that and that I passed over that like it, it, describing it as a like a big computer thing is appropriate so like everyone listening is like what are you even talking about right <laughs> it, 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 it blends into the background um, and the only way that you know that you can interact with this is if you pass in front of it you'll get a prompt uh, to press a button yes a- and and doing so you then climb inside of it and relive a memory but um, there's nothing about it visually that indicates like, oh, I need to do this before I do that. And so uh, I th- the, the very last one, the, I, I think I got lucky with the first one where I just passed over it and like, oh, yeah, that's a thing I need to do. But the last one, I didn't see it in the environment. And so I probably experienced exactly what you did. And I was confused, like, where do I go? I'm running around looking at all my options. I came from here. I tried to go there. That door's locked. Oh, I found it. I finally found it. That's the flashback thing I need to do. Got to climb inside the computer and upload my memories. And uh, and then I can carry on. Because immediately after doing that flashback sequence, uh, a door will open every single time. Another thing I didn't quite love is, uh, you know how I said, uh, during exploration, movement feels imprecise, but not in an unpleasant way. It does get a little unpleasant, I feel, during combat. It's definitely a little bit more challenging. I, I think one of the things about this game, like on its like at the at, on its face is like, okay, you're playing the monster. And that has this kind of um like power fantasy type to it, I think. Yes. And I we were talking about this the other day with like, okay, if it's a horror game and you're supposed to be scared, then how do you, you know, make a game that's also a power fantasy and because that's that's what a lot of people play they, they want to like you know run around and have fun and the horror game is running around being scared which right is a little less appealing and in this game you, the power fantasy is 100 percent appropriate because you're the monster you're the thing and while your quest for survival and escape is desperate um you always do have some kind of ability to overpower people with it. There's one dude with a gun that's not going to pose as much of a threat to you. Um, however, there are a few things, a few obstacles in your way that make it feel less like a power fantasy. And now it's more like, Oh wait, now it's survival horror, but I'm right. the horror. what's going on. The broader point of what I think I'm going to be getting at here is they never really give you the power fantasy moment. And I, I think they should have, um, I do think I agree with everything you just said. I don't think it's unreasonable to go into this, like thinking that was going to be part of the game, but it doesn't feel like it ever really truly is because in the back half of the game, you just get, they throw like some pretty difficult enemy types at you 
Well, no, let me rephrase that. It's not even that the enemy types are that difficult. They just throw a bunch at you. Like, you know exactly how to kill every type of enemy because it's rip and tear, right? Like that you just, you know what you have to do. You have these special powers that you can choose to use if you want, but ultimately you just need to grab at them and smack them around a bunch. But the shield enemies uh, really can get in the way. The, The big mechs are obviously annoying and take several hits. And I just think in general... The monster felt too squishy in combat. Like, I I felt like I would get bested very quickly. Like, the tide would turn so fast, and then I would die. Um, And a lot of times, you don't even have a chance to kind of regroup and go at it from another angle or something. It's just, for me at least, I I died. Yeah, later in the game, I think their solution was to just pit you against as much as they could fit in the room that seemed reasonable. And... um, there are like a lot of little moments or like little spaces where you might encounter like two or three scientists, maybe four. But um, usually like there was never like, OK, where's like the big office space that, you know, they told everybody to sit tight. Everything will be OK. But they're just like sitting in there cowering. There was never like a room like that, like the, the catharsis room. Yeah. Um, but there were a lot of rooms where there was a lot of heavy firepower, and if one of those shield uh, guards puts up their shield, then the only way to get to them is from behind. I, I always kind of felt it was weird that I couldn't uh, glide over them, because you can essentially yes. move into any corner up or down in the map. But if a person has a shield up, then like gliding over them like a foot over their head somehow did not work. Yes, I agree. And, and I would get caught like essentially bouncing off them. Right. Yeah. There, there are a few times where I feel like eh, maybe the power fantasy could be a little bit more powerful. This is a case where you're playing as like a, a gigantic evil blob. So, yes, um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that you could be a little bit more powerful. I agree. And uh, I I also understand that they couldn't do that for the whole game. Like, I totally get that, you know. But uh, I was thinking about, did you ever play Inside? I have not played Inside, but I did watch through it. And it is quite an interesting and, like, cool game. Well, since you've watched through it, I can spoil the ending for you then. Yes. Uh, So Inside is essentially a stealth game. But at the very end, you do become almost literally the blob and you then get to run through the world that you've just spent hours hiding in uh and everyone's running from you now and and you are the the you are the one that knocks or whatever you know you people like to say uh (laughs) (laughs) and i felt like this game never gave me that kind of a feeling and if any game should have, it's this. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not playing Mario going like, mm, I want to feel like the inside monster. <laughs> but for a game in which I play as a monster, I would have liked even just the, you know, a climax, uh, something where I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm unstoppable now. And it never delivers. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. That's actually a good point, because I, I, I think the the mistake or not even really the mistake it was just the, at the very beginning, it, it really hits so hard that escape sequence. Yeah. Um, you really just bolt out of the place and you're eating scientists immediately. Um, and from there, like, I guess there's a, a bit of a curve upward. You get some abilities, you gain biomass, you're able to take on a few more difficult obstacles, but you're right. Um, I think the difference between carry on and inside is that you spent the the first half of inside uh, being terrified and then you become terrifying. Whereas with carry on, you're just that terrifying all the way through. So the only way to kind of sustain that feeling is if you're able to think about it from the people who you are consuming their point of view, um, which is like, Oh, Hey, this would be, you know, great in a scary movie um but i can easily see as well like okay the the graph for carry on versus the graph for inside carry on is a bit more of a plateau whereas inside mm-hmm. has a, a big shift and exactly a a big shift in carry on i think would improve the game um how you would go about that 
I, I, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, cause again, you start as the big monster, but, um, I guess there's always room to become an even bigger, uglier monster, <laughs> which you do. Yeah. I almost feel like maybe like the human reveal, they, they should have maybe cut out a little bit in like the middle there. The human reveal should have been like a real big beginning of the final act twist. And then you get to play a few levels exploring that mechanic a little I, bit. I think it would have been like really cool. And I was kind of looking forward to uh, the opportunity to play as a human obviously monster in disguise but um for the game to kind of shift into a greater stealth honestly it would be the reverse of inside where you, you shift right. into stealth mode and you're trying to pit your ability to mimic being a human versus actual human beings uh i think that would have probably been a really good twist you're right yeah maybe if they do a second one that could be kind of what they explore a little bit more gameplay as the 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 human mimic I think is just welcome too, because um, in in all of Carry On, it seems to be the victory lap to the exit gate. Really, when right. um, I think there's a lot of interesting things that the developers could have done gameplay wise with that approach. Um, you know, you spent the last few hours just barreling through and being a chaotic blob monster. Now you have to adapt to being a mimic. And because that's the only way you're going to get out of here. So uh, be convincing or be dead. Right. You know, honestly, it, it's kind of hard to overstate how fed up I was with combat in that final level. <laughs> I, I really like I, you know, I, it's, I just was like so ready to be done with that style of combat that like having some other new way of getting by would have been nice. I can also see like the, the latter levels tend to have um, more... Uh, save points that you had to uh, spread yep. through the way that uh, the levels worked in the game I, I thought was a, a good design was um, mm -hmm. when, you, when you enter a level you then need to find areas that you can deposit and spread your biomass those areas that you find also become save points and places to replenish your health um, but then they also affect the exit gate which uh, I didn't notice until like halfway through but the amount of um, uh, like um, little little doors that they have on the the circular gate, uh, like an aperture for a camera lens, um, indicates how many different spots you have to deposit your biomass in order to open the door. And for most of those places, it was like three spots, maybe four. But for most of the later levels, including the bunker, it was upwards to six. And yes. so you spend a little bit more time in those later levels. Um, but they could have done a little bit more to make those later levels um more interesting like you say yeah well you got anything i do have a few sours i i did like this game quite a lot um and i think what it does is really interesting there's a lot of room to improve naturally um one of those places i think would be the story presentation I think it's very appropriate for this game, but it is limited. So if you want a bigger narrative out of your games, then you're not going to really get it with this one. Um, your imagination is going to do most of the work. That said, there's a lot of really good material for your imagination to like jump into it with. Right. Um, but I, I could see something extra to it, especially when we start talking about like, what if the, well, the last act of the game is... Uh, trying to escape as a human mimic and then you know what kind of goes with that so yeah th th there's a lot of opportunities i think for further development of this game's narrative and um with that maybe you also get some interesting gameplay uh with it um and maybe we'll see a sequel one day hopefully but i would like to see a little bit more story um we're just kind of like a nameless blob eating a bunch of nameless scientists at a, at a place. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> so it, it's very light in that department. Uh, the other sour I kind of had was the music isn't necessarily bad. It's just, I, 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 I played this game last night before recording. I just wanted to jump into it one more time, finish up that DLC. And um, I just 
can't for the life of me recall what the music really sounded like. It hit all of the right notes in mood and tone. Yes. There are, you know, more highly amped up sections when you're fighting people and trying to survive that, that combat. And then there's more mysterious sections when you're slithering through air vents and so forth. But the music itself doesn't really stand out from the rest of the product, the, the rest of the game. I agree. So it's one of those things where like the composer did a fine job and um, the music itself is, it's serviceable. It's, it's not bad. It's not awful music. I just, uh, I, it's not the kind of soundtrack that I'm going to put on my music library anytime soon, the way that like Celeste was. Um, right. So, and that I would, consider it a sour it is one of those things like the story you know it it, it, totally serviceable there's enough there to leave your imagination to run rampant and have a good time with it um and of course like the music doesn't make the game necessarily um but in this case it's one of those places where if there's something to be improved upon uh if there is a sequel if there is a carry on too then you know that is another part that i think they could uh build a little bit further and it wouldn't hurt anything. No, I agree. I, I think I remember specific moments where like the, basically the score kicked in, but I don't remember what it sounds like. You know, I, I, I yeah, it's really nothing to write home about. Yeah. Which like there, there's a lot of stuff out there that has that, that execution, you know, it, it's, it services the, the greater piece that it's supporting, but on its own, it's just, and what was it even right? Um, whereas there are transcendent pieces of music that are made for games, for movies, for, you know, all sorts of different media, but then that music on its own is just enjoyable for as many different reasons as it was enjoyable for its time in the game. Um, so I wasn't going in expecting a soundtrack to blow me out of the water, but um, the fact that I can't remember what it sounds like is also like the, like it's the opposite end of that. Right. I, um, I'm totally fine with, um, a soundtrack that just does its thing. Um, but I also just, I can't remember this one. That's all I had for my sour. Okay. Well then let's head right under the sauce. Folks, welcome to the sauce. We give the game our final score. I think this is a pretty easy one, Spike. We got to rate it out of tentacles, right? Oh, I was going to do containment units, but tentacles also works. Yeah. I mean, what, what, hey, what do you think the fans, what do you think those sickos are going to like? What, oh, mm-hmm. what's going to resonate with the Matthew Rayos of the world? You know, I think it's going to be tentacles, honestly. I think it's going to be tentacles. <laughs> it's tentacles. Yeah, you're right. I wrote down containment units in my notes because, like, that that fits the game. But right. you also do, like, thrash about with tentacles. So it's equally as fitting. Let's just do tentacles, though. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to go first? Yeah, I, I think that Carry On is a really fun game. It's easy to pick up. And it's uh, enjoyable for most of the entire time that you're, you are playing it. Um, and, uh, it's a short game. If you, if you want a quick game for the weekend, it's fantastic for that. Um, I think, you know, I, uh, it's about $20. I think it's worth that. Mm -hmm. And my final like number would be, uh, eight tentacles out of 10, because uh, it, it does a lot of good stuff. It's it's like a nice, short, fun game. And honestly, I think I'll probably play it again someday, even though I, I 100%ed it in my first go. Um, <laughs> but because it is like a shorter game, I think it's easy to pick up and play again after you've gotten some time away from it. Right. Well, I definitely think this is the most unique game we've played for Spooky Mechanics. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it has that going for it. That's like... Uh, I think if you're a fan of horror games and you like to try to play different types of games, this is a pretty easy one to definitely recommend. And it's it's definitely not a bad game by any means. Uh, it, there's no sort of, I think, reality where we would say this is bad. I just think it does never quite rise above its core conceit. So I, I think if you're playing it and it's maybe not hooking you, 
within the first hour or two, you've kind of seen everything in the game is going to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. It is like a passion project. I believe this is the first game by this studio. Let me double check that real quick. They have one other game called Butcher on Steam, and that came out in 2016. And it seems to have a very similar visual style to it, like a 2D pixel art um, shooter game. A lot of blood, <laughs> a love letter to cult classics of like uh, action and shooter and stuff. Um, very similar in look to carry on, but I guess it would play very differently because you don't play as a, a like a giant blob monster. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I mean, f- for the second game though, for this studio, like that that's incredible. Yeah, I think it like it did a really good job and um it, it's like how many games out there that exist where you, you know, you you start with the premise of being the the monster that terrorizes the research facility, right? It's always the other way around. So finally having something that explores that reversal I think is really fun. And if this is the first game that does that, then it's a good start. It's a very good start. Yeah. And uh, I also give him a lot of props for that uh, holiday theme DLC. (laughs) That's both a funny idea as well as just giving it away for free. Like that's super cool. So I'm going to give carry on seven out of 10 tentacles. Excellent. Well, if, um, if everybody sees Roman and for some reason he's, you know, telling people how much he loves carry on and, and he's like, well, I gave it a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. That's probably just a mimic. So be that's careful. a mimic. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if, uh, that's good that, advice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be, be, be wary of the carry on mimics out there because <laughs> yeah. they're trying yeah. to just, they're, they're it, it would be a totally different thing if this game was like a flop for us, which like, I think out of like for, for you, the lukewarm games that we've experienced this month, um are like this was probably one of the, the lesser lukewarm experiences yes but uh th- this bit would be way funnier if like oh and i'll carry on like two out of ten <laughs> if you if, if you see me saying 10 out of 10 it's a mimic <laughs> it's a mimic they they got mad at me because of the way i scored the game <laughs> the game is too good to 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 do that bit for even though i tried hey you put yourself out there that's the most important thing. And then a drone saw me and shot me. Yeah, and that'll happen about a hundred more times while you're playing the video game Carry On, by the way. <laughs> it did reach a point where I was like, maybe I'm just extremely bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. You got anything else you want to talk about? Um, you want to talk a little bit more about that Resident Evil trailer? No. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I mean, it comes out next month. <laughs>